As always, everybody, I want to welcome you to another episode of Ivy Knows Best. Um, today's episode is going to be a little different than what you might be used to, all right? Um, you know, I know we normally cover the wonderful world of sports and things like that, but I want to have a thought-provoking conversation with you guys and um, and see where, you know, see where you guys' heads at, you know, on, on this topic that I've been thinking about myself. You know, it just really just hit me in the head, you know what I mean? I was sitting down having this conversation just with myself. You know, as I often do, you know, as part of one of my creative processes is talk to myself and and see exactly, um, you know, what self is thinking. And um, I think one of the craziest things that came to, that came to me while I was sitting there having a conversation with myself is, man, I don't have time for that. Like I legit said the statement, I don't have time to sit here and do this. Right now, start thinking like time, like time, 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 time. And like time started to become like a factor to me. And I started realizing, okay, yeah, I got a job. I have kids. I have all these things going on. I got a family to take care of. I'm like, man, like, where, like where's the time? But then I realized how restricted I am by the clock. Like how the clock was legitimately manipulating my thought process. Okay. Like we're, we're told just as people. As, as a whole, it doesn't matter what race and nationality or anything like that that you are, that your time has a monetary value to it as if it's meant to be sold or bought. Right. The one thing in life that you cannot recreate and or um, change. We're going to put a monetary value on it. So I'm going to offer you th- this thought pattern right quick that I was having. I was thinking this. You know, if you walk into a a store, let's say you want to go work at a store or some big Fortune 500 company, right? You're dressed to the nines. You're looking sharp. You didn't study the script. You didn't talk yourself up and down. You you, you ready to go. Oh, man, you re- you got it, you know? And when you walk in there, that person looks at you and tells you your infinite thing that you don't control and or make more of is worth this much to us. Think about that. I'm going to take the one thing in life that you can't recreate, right? The one thing in life that you can't make more of, and I'm going to put a monetary value on it, okay? Uh, There's a Navy SEAL named uh, Marcus Luttrell. He was doing this uh, talk at uh, Ohio State, and he said, uh, said, look, he said, if you understood how short life was, you wouldn't spend a second of it doing something that you don't love. Okay, because as soon as you're born, that 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 clock starts. That clock has has officially started from the day from day one to day 50 or day one, um, year one to year 50, whatever it may be. You know what I mean? However long, you know, you you know, the good Lord gives you to live. And I realize we take it for granted on a grand scale so much so that we spend a lot of it or treat a lot of it like currency or, or an item to be traded. I'll give you my time for monetary value. I don't think that anybody here that's under the sound of my voice, including myself, can really honestly say what our time is worth. It, it is baffling that we take time out of our day, which there goes time again. We take the moments of our precious time and we tell somebody, let's say we give you eight, I'll give you eight hours of my time for 15 to $17 an hour. 
right? When when you look at the spectrum of how much money you can make, right, just doing other things in your life. Let's say you made a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand a year. Do you think that one hundred thousand to two hundred thousand dollars a year, if you really quantified it into hours on the clock, would make as much as you thought it did? If you really just focused on the hourly concept, it's going to be hard for you to find a company that's going to tell you, hey, you know, I'm going to pay you. Uh, I'm going to pay you, you know, $70 an hour. Right. I mean, unless you're doing, you know, a trade or you have a degree or you own some kind of multimedia company or something or, you know, or you're doing something in, in computers or something like that. That's that's like a normal thing there. But, you know, for the rest of the world, if you're out here working and there's nothing wrong with it, let me make sure I'm, I'm very clear on this. I'm not talking down on the people who work for a living, you know, who get an hourly wage. Those of us who do that, you know, thank you all very much for what you do and you take care of your family and you grind, get your money. OK, <clears throat> but I do think that it's crazy that we allow someone to buy something from us that we don't truly own. We allow people to and companies and things like that to tell you that your one hour is worth twenty dollars. I mean, let's say you took one hour and you made a hit YouTube video or whatever it is, and it gets millions and millions and millions of followers. Is that one hour equal to that other one hour that that business saw? Even if you're the same person who has that same talent. Can that $20 an hour really be equal to the five to $10 million that you made just, you know, doing what you wanted to do? Okay. Like, like, like I was telling my children this, I was like, Hey man, you spend a lot of time focusing on, you know, everything else when you could really be putting that time towards something else. But, and I realized I became a contradiction at that time. At that, at that moment that I was telling my children that, I realized, you know, now after having a conversation with myself, I became a contradiction. And what made me a contradiction was that I was telling my children to take some, take their time, right, and invest it in doing something else other than spending it learning something that I felt wasn't going to benefit them. And what made me that was, you know, what made me feel this way is I'm like, hey, how do I even deserve to tell my children what to do with their time if I don't own my own time? They don't own their time. My job is to explain to them the value of their time. My job is to tell my children, hey, look, you got 24 hours in a day, okay? Eight of those you're going to spend sleep. And the rest, you need to do something with it. All right. So you obviously they go to school. You know, my children from the ages of 12 to five. I got four of them. 12, nine, eight and five. I'm sorry, 12, nine, seven and five. So when I think about it, I look at them. I'm like, man, these kids are really, you know, they're taught. We've taught our children to be a part of the rat race. You know, at least we we have for, for years. I tell my children all the time, you can do whatever it is you want to do because your time is valuable to not only me, but it's valuable to yourself. You are to value that time because that time is to get you is going to get you where you want to go in life. All right. Now, 
I get it. It might sound trivial to some people out there. Like, I mean, why is he talking about time like that? But time is legitimately the one thing that is precious. You cannot remake it. You can lose it, but you can't make it. This is why the prison industrial system is so strong. This is why, you know, going to jail in prison is a deterrent for me personally, because you're going to sit down. You're going to take years of something that you don't that you cannot remake. And you're going to use that as currency to pay back a debt to society. That's if you even get a chance to get out of prison. So for people who are out here getting those three to four hundred year sentences, like you, you'll never be able to pay that debt down. You won't even live that long. You, you know, like I, I don't think I've ever seen a 300, 300 year old human. Not 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 right now. So, you know, it's crazy that we, you know, we look at time the way we look at it. But it's so effective. It's an effective thing. Like, hey, I'm going to take the one thing. And not only am I going to take your time, I'm going to take your freedom. Okay? I'm going to take your ability to do what you, what you want to do when you want to do it. These are things that I fear the most. And that's me letting you into my head right there. Because I, I really don't want to give up my freedom. It keeps me from doing a lot. Of, there's a lot of times where I wake up and I go, you know what? This certain thing made me angry. It really upset me. It pissed me off. I'm just, I'm obscene. I'm, oh my God. Obscenities out the out you know out the back door and out the front door. It's coming. All right, I'm speak I'm speaking and saying things that I know for a fact I shouldn't be saying and speaking and thinking. Right. But then what kicks in my head is, hey, your kids need you. What happens when you can't spend time with your children? And I don't want to say spend because when you spend something, you can make it back. But you know when you when, what happens when you can't invest time in your children? What happens when you can't put your hand on the on the on your children and and massage the thought patterns that will, you know, that will change the world one day? What happens then? You know, and and that's why, you know, the thought pattern, the thought of losing time is is, is so effective because of those things, you know, and um, you can't make it back. You know, I think a lot of, a lot of the times we forget how. Like how quickly we can how it's a it's a blink, man. Like I, I look at I look at everyone's life as a grain of sand in the ocean. Maybe even smaller. You know how many millions and billions of people came before me, came before you. You know some some with longer lifespans, some with shorter, some with equal. Nobody thinks their time is now. Like 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 if 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 I could go back. And be age 18. If I could go visit 18-year-old Eric, I'd go, hey, look, bro, don't waste your time. Do not waste your time. And that version of me, but man, what are you talking about? I'm play football, I'm be a rapper, I'm you know, do all these things. But then, you know, I'd be like, hey, well, if you're gonna do those things, really invest in doing them. Invest in doing them. Right? That one that 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 idea of, hey, I'm gonna take this amount of time. Scratch time out. If you ask any millionaire or billionaire, they'll tell you there's not enough time in a day. There's not nearly enough time in a day. You can you cannot sit there and think, you know, the process of time. You know, I always have it because I'm young. Well, unfortunately, you went from, you know, that's not true. You went from age zero to age 18. And if I can remember precisely, that happened real quick. Between 18 and 25 was a blur for me. I don't even remember it. 
And I challenge everyone out there who, who, you know, who's of a certain age. If you can remember your thought patterns at 18 to 25, I'm 30 and I can't remember that. Okay. I want you, I'm just going to go ahead and offer that to you. There's people who I don't remember what happened between 18 and 25, like clearly, because I really started living life. I got married, I had kids and all this other stuff. So like that, the, I don't remember that. The only reason why I remember 25 through 30 is because I started looking at life through a different scope. I started valuing the one thing that I couldn't make back and that's time. Which is why I always say all the time whenever, you know, at least what I'm going to start saying more often because it's something I said in my last podcast. Hey, without you guys, I'm nothing because you're taking time out of your day to hear me talk. You hear me run my mouth. And I thank you all for that because I'm able to really get out, get out my thoughts. This this is kind of a therapy for me. You know, I'm one of those people who like, you know, you know, there's a lot going on and I really have to talk about it. And I'm glad I'm able to, to share this with you all, even though it's personal. It's personal to me, but I love it. I love the ability to sit back and and, and give out thought provoking conversations, because I, I don't really think that there's enough of this talk. There's a lot of positive talk, which which we'll get to in the next segment, which I which I love. I love the positive talk. I love the positive nature of talk that people are doing. I, lo- I love how people are really 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 into building themselves up so no one really has has an excuse to not be motivated anymore you know so that's just my take on time man and yeah i just really you know i think about these type of things all the time and it's part of this creative process i've been going through so um i want to thank y'all for checking that part because i man i'm telling you it was weighing on me heavy it's weighing on me heavy and now the more you know now that it's out there i'm just like hey man you know what i need to take control of the narrative of time like I'm looking at, you know, now how much I think I'm worth per hour. You know what I mean? Like like how much can I sell this time thing for? Because now we're using, you know, uh, what we believe to be an infinite structure, which is very finite as far as hours is concerned. You know, I mean, the human expectancy for living is, is now, you know, a certain age. So, you know. I don't want to throw out any numbers like 65, 67, something like that. But it, even in though, even in the 60s, if you're 60 years old, right, you know, you will live a long life. But the retirement age is in the 60s, you know, to, to collect, you know, collect what you need to collect from Social Security. So imagine how much of your infinite structure that you have to give to someone that you don't own. And they put a monetary value on it. And then they tell you, hey, you know. Go ahead and take this money. I and mean, you know what's crazy? We also we also teach ourselves you know, some of the wrong principles. You know what I mean? When, when you really when you really think about money and jobs and things like that. And you know, the, the, the principles that, that come along with, you know, job seeking and things like that, um, I think we, we're taught to chase money a lot more than we're taught to chase being happy. Now don't get it wrong. Do not get it wrong. I am a money chaser. I like money. I don't, you know, let, let me, let me, let me, let me change that. I like what money can do for me. Right. But I'm just now learning, you know, even through, like through doing this podcast and, you know, and, and having, having a good time doing that. Not everything that I want to do is going to revolve around me getting paid. You know, like, like, sure. I would love to get paid to sit here and talk to y'all. I would love to do that. That's, that's, that's something that I'm trying to, you know, 
make a reality. I'm trying to realize my dream. Like, even though I'm talking to a certain amount of people right now, I feel like I'm getting out my dreams. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately doing what I love. Now, does it necessarily pay the best? Probably not. You know, that's still yet to be determined. But I like to believe that when you truly love what you're doing, money doesn't matter. It's really more so about how you feel. Now, would you love to get paid to do what you love, do what you, you know, what you like to do? Definitely. We all would love that. I don't think there's any person out here who would offer you anything different. But I do think that the the thought provoking nature <clears throat> of us as people uh, is is a little bit off when it comes down to money, because it's like, OK, cool. I need to take care of my family. I need to do these things. Right. Which is fine. We have these are all necessities. Taking care of your family. I, t- I say this all the time. I can't stand a man who can't take who doesn't want to take care of his family. You know, um, I'm very that's, that's a personal thing for me. Like I look at I look at my children as the reason why I live like they saved my life. You know, what I mean, that's a personal touch for me there. But at the at the end of the day, I think that we focus so much on money. I, I, all right. So I remember being. A federal security guard, man, working for the police department over there in uh, Fort Belvoir. And I remember, I legit remember working so many hours, right, and and making so much money. But to be honest with you, I don't remember any birthdays that I spent with my children. You know, I chased money. (laughs) I didn't chase a passion. I I was like, all right, cool, yeah, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to get my money. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm working for the government. You know, I'm taking care of my family. Everything's going good. Whoop de whoop. But I missed so many birthdays. I worked so much. You know what I mean? Like I, I was legit gone working 12 days every two weeks. 12 hour shifts working at night. So my circadian clock was off. You know what I mean? I'd see my, my kids for a couple hours, but I really didn't spend a lot of time with them. And to me, that really that really took uh took a toll on my mental, on my on my on my on my mental health. Cause I really worked so much, right? That I'd be tired. I'd be dog tired walking into work like Jesus Christ, what am I gonna do? But the money was good, so I couldn't just walk away from it. I couldn't just walk away from it because I thought that, you know. The money that I was making there was second to none. Now, don't get it wrong. If if I took you and I said, hey, go here you go. Here goes $80,000. I'm going to make $80,000 this year. You know what I mean? Here goes thirty. Here goes you know a $3,000 check. Here goes a $2,500 check. Here goes a $2,000 check. Like, you know, these, these are checks that I was making, you know, on a regular. But I lost a part of myself doing that. You know, and I'm, and I'm being very transparent about that. I lost a part of myself. There's a part of yourself that you lose when you're chasing money. And sometimes you sacrifice principle to make money. Right. I, I saw this meme and it's, it's not funny, but it is funny. I'm not. <laughs> all right, I was going to lie to y'all. It's funny. It's funny. It was funny to me, but it's one of those things where it's like, all right, come on. But, uh, you know, it was a cotton pick and it was a cotton field. And, and dude said, you know, you know, would you pick cotton for, you know, 40 to 50 dollars an hour? Now, in the spirit of Black History Month, you got me messed up. Let's start there. <laughs> All right. Let's start right there. One, I'm not picking nothing for nothing. 
you know, I'm not, I'm just straight up. I'm just not picking, I'm not picking no cotton for that amount of money. But some of y'all might, but man, you crazy. And y'all might be right. I might be crazy, but I, I figured this out, man. That's a pleasure chase. I'm going to sacrifice who I am as a person and what I believe in. Just so, you know, I can say that I made a certain amount of money. I could buy the things I want. Yep, I could take care of my family. But here's the thing. I realized by having children, right? And this goes hand in hand with my next segment. You know, having kids, man, that's that costs money. I don't think the people who want to have kids, who who I feel are not really ready to have children, but they want to have them anyway, I don't think they really tally that up. I know I didn't tally that up. I didn't tally it up at all. Now I'm looking at it. I'm 39. I'm like, man, hold on. Y'all, man, y'all eat up, you know, 250 plus dollars worth of groceries. And and that and and that's that's on the light side. That's on the light side. That's not counting clothes. That's not counting medical costs, this or that. But that's one of the reasons, though, looking at that, saying that to say this, that's one of the reasons why I became such a money chaser. And I just didn't care about how much how much of my time I was giving away and who I was giving it to. Right. I was giving a piece of me to an organization and not giving it to my family who needed me more than that organization did. I legitimately tricked off a lot of money. (laughs) Like like mama, mama, you know, I love my mom. You know, I mean, I love my mom for real. Uh, I love my dad, too. Both of them would tell me, son, you know, it's cool to make money, but don't work yourself to death. You don't got to work yourself to death. Make the money you need to make, you can get out of there. And then eventually I did, but it took me four years or three years, three years to do that, to figure that out. And a part of that came from me not wanting to ever have be in a position that I was once in. You know, I had I was getting eviction notices on my doors and th- things like I experienced all that type of stuff. And what was happening with me in my mind was I always set up these markers in my mind, man. And I take everything personal. I say this I said it to my sister. I said, I take everything personal. Everything's personal to me, even though it shouldn't be. It is. It is. Like, I remember I remember things, you know, there there's markers in my head that I set for myself to go. OK, I will never live this way or I'll never feel this way again, no matter what. And that went that went into me not chasing what I love, more so me chasing what monetarily made the most sense for me, or what monetarily benefited me the most. And out of, and out of all that money, and, and all that stuff, yeah, my kids got a lot of stuff out of that. They got toys and shoes and Christmases every day and and all that. But <clears throat> like after a while, like it wasn't it wasn't really wasn't really all that. It really, it really wasn't all that. It really just kind of, um, it really hardened my, you know, my exterior and my mental as far as to, you know, hey, you know, all right, 12 hours, I could do that. Eventually, 12 hours start being a drop in the bucket. You know, if I took any of you and I told you to stand outside in the cold for 12 hours, you know what I mean? Body aches and everything else starts kicking in. You know, yeah, you had breaks here and there, but... You were generally, you know, you're generally out there sacrificing and putting it, you know, putting your body out there, coming back sick and then show back up to work. Like this was happening. This is the thing people don't understand. This is the type of thing that I did for money. And this is this is what I mean by by 
our thought patterns and, and, and our views on making money and, and on careers are so backwards because it's so money driven. It's not driven off of what you love to do. You know, I, I would not want to go to a doctor who didn't love being a doctor. You know what I mean? Like I would not want to go and sit in the office of a heart surgeon who just, you know, eh, I do it for the money. No, I want you to be be that doctor that does it for the love because you're going to give everything you got. When you love something, you generally you really love it. You're going to give everything you genuinely have to ensure that the work is done properly because you enjoy it and your name is on the line. You know, and and I, I think that it's that's the difference. That's the difference. Like when you see these guys, I, I was looking at, um, you know, we're going to pedal back to sports right quick. I was watching um, GSP and GSP was talking about, hey, you know how he used to train and he and him and Joe Rogan were talking and he was telling Joe Rogan, man, I throw that kick, you know, that one specified kick, you know, 100 times in practice, you know, and then after practice, I throw it another 500 times. Because I'm obsessed and I love what I do. You know, I'm a bit obsessed with it. And it wasn't even about the money. It was about the martial arts. That he was that's what he was obsessed with. He wasn't obsessed with getting paid. Yeah, the getting paid had to be nice. You know, eventually you stop doing it for free. <laughs> that's why you're a prize fighter. But I'm pretty sure you don't get into prize fighting all the time, you know, as far as as far as that's concerned. You don't get into prize fighting all the time just just for, you know, just for a check, even though there are people who do. But people generally love the game. They love what they do. You know, and, and being that bit of, of obsessed with what you do to take it the extra mile is always what's going to make you better. You know, and after you take things that extra mile, you know, you just got to um, really continue to have the motivation to do it. Now, when it comes to kids, man, Kids, kids, kids. I tell my children all the time, look, do whatever you love to do, but do it to the maximum. You can be whatever you want to be, however you want to be. Now, this is parent talk. This is parent talk, okay? This is 100% parent talk. And I think that parenting, uh, I'm going to offer you guys this uh, as another one of my um, little tidbits. I, I feel like parenting is something that we should not try to streamline. OK, <clears throat> there should never be a, any streamlined way to parent like I can never minus abuse, not minus abuse. And I'm talking about not not a whooping or a spanking. I'm talking about beating a child, my, like, you know, a mercifully minus that or, or sexual or sexual misconduct or anything like that with a child. Minus any of those horrific things that that yeah, those are no goes. No, no. But we're talking about real ideal parenting. Right. The only two people who should have something to say about how you parent and you should actually listen to is you and the person you have the child with. That's if that person is a right sound mind. OK, you might not agree with their principles as a person, but back them up in their parenting. OK, now it's it's OK to get advice from mom, dad, sister, brother, auntie, uncle, whoever, whoever might be, you know, a legitimate candidate um, in the parenting department. But it's not okay for someone to tell you how to parent, okay? Um, <clears throat> your, your children are your responsibility. They're, your, they're, they're, they're a reflection of you. They're a reflection of things you're teaching them. And if you teach them the right things, they won't go away from you. 
You know, I know a lot of people on here might not be Bible subscribers, but the Bible says train a child in the way he shall go and he shall never depart from him when he grows old. And that's true. That's very true. There's a lot of things that my parents taught me that I thought, OK, well, at the moment, man, they're being mean. But Jesus, man, do I not do it with my own kids? All of it. You know, even though my, you know, my mother tells me, oh, you better not whoop them kids. Look, listen, listen, you whoop me all the time. <laughs> all right. Uh, and not not for nothing, though, because I was out of control as a kid at times. There's times where, I, you know, I deserved more than I say about nine out of ten times. I deserve what I got. And the one time I might have gotten away with it is because my parents were, were, were giving me an opportunity to better myself without having to go that go that route. But um, I do believe that with parenting, man, it, it's a mixed bag of tricks like me. I'm learning new things every day as a parent. I got four kids. All right. I got 12 year old. My 12 year old every day. I learn something different. OK, I learn something different. I think that uh, at times as parents, we're out, we're out of sync. Excuse me. We're out of sync with our children. We're out of sync with with the way that they think. We're out of sync with the, the way that they move, you know, the creative processes. Like we're we are very much so out of sync. And I think it's because information mainly information is one thing that my children have access to in a way that I never had access to it so much so that that's a new wrinkle in parenting. So you have to now be like, OK, hey, well, you can't have access to this. You can't have access to that. Like, okay, for example, my children are not allowed to listen to my podcast unless they listen to it with me. I mean, I have a lot of unedited, uncut uh, sections of my podcast that my children just aren't going to be privy to because the conversations are not for children. You know, the content that I might put out might be family friendly, but there are sections of conversation that I have with other people who are very much so adult and my children don't need to be privy to that because they're already being shown that stuff on TV. You know, they're already been shown it on YouTube. They're already been shown it on, you know, they're being taught at an earlier age, you know, about the things that we had to learn at 15, 16, they're learning at 11. They're learning at 10 because the world's getting faster. So the new wrinkle in parenting that I, that I had to realize is, okay, Eric, you need to catch up. You need to catch up, bro. My 12-year-old looked at me one day. She didn't even say anything. She just looked at me a certain way. And I was like, hold on, wait a minute. Where, where'd that look come from? Now, I, I get it with little girls. It, it, it's a weird spot for them at this age, right? So I had to become like, you know, the, the parent that, you know, the dad who had to understand everything about his daughter all over again. Because you're not the baby that I once raised. You're 12. Right. You're about to be 13 this year. Every time I every time I look up, it's something different with you. You know, you know, you're you know, she you know, and their their generation are into like this TikTok thing. And I'm, I'm no, no. Yeah. So, you know, like, <clears throat> you know, they're TikToking and things like that. And TikTok is great. I think TikTok is a, um, you know, a great app and all that. But at the same time, you know, I grew up in the era of Black Planet. <laughs> if you remember Black Planet and MySpace. All right. And, 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 you know, on Facebook and, and I'm part of that generation that, that got a chance to be a part of everything. And I think that's amazing. But now we're having children and our kids are now having access to more information than we ever did. And it's a great thing, 
but it's also a bad thing. You know, so as a parent, I had to learn how to how to okay limit my children's exposure, right? Because TV is going to expose them to everything. That's one. So I have to limit their exposure there. I have to limit their exposure when it comes down to music. I have to limit their exposure with everything. But I already know. I already know. Just like I got into things when I was a kid, right? My parents might not have known about it, but I got into things, and then they found out, or they already knew, and they just never said anything. You know, our kids. We have to now watch everything they do. Because it, the world's so different. Like, you have to now, we have to parent in a different way, but no one should ever tell you how to handle your parenting. Um, I, I have friends who don't believe in spanking their children. And I got kids who, I got children, I got people who believe in spanking them. I was raised on that belt. Okay? So you got, you got in line, I'm going to take some of that, I'm going to take some off of you. I'm going to take a little skin off of you. But, you know, my grandmother used to say it all the time, you don't believe fat meat is greasy, but I'm going to show you. You don't believe that fat meat is greasy, but I'm about to show you. Okay, and, and and nothing good ever came out of that statement. Okay, but it was for your correction. <clears throat> now I do believe, you know, through my through the trials and tribulations of parenting, man, I watched my daughter. I watched my um just just this morning actually, my um my nine year old. You know, I you know I was talking to her about something and you know just kind of giving her just kind of like trying to get her to calm down and chill out because they're you know acting up in the morning. And she rolls her eyes and walks out the room. After I get that time, I'm like, hold on, wait a minute, man. My mama been to smack my eyes out the back of my scalp. I'll be like, I'll be looking at I'll be looking at the top of my shoulders from the back if it, if it was up to my mama. You know what I'm saying? If my mama would have saw it, it'd been, it'd been a wrap. You know, but I think that being a father, that's a part of it that I don't understand. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that, I'm not that involved. Uh, in the eye rolling department, but I do find that as a sign of disrespect. You know, it was corrected. It wasn't you know physically, but it was corrected. Hey, don't do that. I don't, I don't appreciate that because not everything. You know, I don't feel like everything is is detailed to be spanked for. But I think that in parenting, those are the type of things you'll go th- you'll go through, right? You're gonna go through the different phases. I think we all know it, but I think that there's a lot of things we're not ready for, right? Like me, I'm not ready for my daughters to date nobody. I'm just not. I'm not. But I'm also not about to be that parent that's going to pull a pistol on the child. But no, 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 play. Hey, I'm going to keep it real with you. Hey, man, look. Um, I don't like you. <laughs> you can't date my daughter. <laughs> I don't care. Man, she's 18. I don't care. I don't care. Man, she's 25, so I still don't like you. Because the first man she learned to love was me. Okay? and 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 I know for a fact she's going to upset you because she upset me. But my tolerance for her and your tolerance for her are two different types of tolerance. My tolerance for her is, is of an unconditional nature. I love her. I love her. I love her in a way, you know, where I don't want her to ever experience hurt, but I know for a fact she needs that to grow. And if you're going to inflict that on her, you mean you're going to have a problem. See, that's as a father, that's, that's, that's as, as a father of, of a daughter, that's the way we think. That's what I think. We never want our daughters to experience the people that we are. Like me, I don't. I never. If I if my daughter turns eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and meets a guy that's just like me, I gotta fight him as soon as I see him. This <laughs> is oh well, he might whoop me, but oh well, you feel me? But well, we we just not gonna have. Let me not let me not, let me not even speak and whoop because he ain't gonna whoop me. But you know, <clears throat> we gonna have we gonna have a different type of conversation because my daughter is my baby. 
when I look at her, I don't look at her as who she is now. I look at who she was when she was a child, when she was little, when she was two, three, four years old. Same thing with my nine-year-old. I look at it like, like a newborn. I look at all my children the way I saw them then because that's in my mind. That's the most precious moment to me. But I have to also learn as a parent there's a time to let go. Now, thank God that time hasn't come yet. So I can't really, you know, share what I would do, what I'm going to do because I haven't done it. And I'm not a person that lives that lives in, in, in a parallel universe where I can determine my outcomes and what I do before I do. You know, um, and it, it's it's just a new wrinkle. Like I watch my son every day. Every day I watch my son do. I saw him yesterday do something that I did that I was doing. And I realized, man, I got to make sure I watch how I move. Because if I move this way and I say this type of thing, he going to think that's okay and it's not. You know, like, you know, he got three sisters. So, <clears throat> you know, he's the only boy. He has to know how to protect them. Even though they can protect themselves, he has to learn how to protect them as well. You know, whether whether it be verbally or physically, whatever the case may be, because it's your sister. I have sisters. And, and every single one of my sisters will tell you, I don't play about them. We don't do that. I don't, I don't even, I don't, I don't, uh, now granted they're grown women, but there's sometimes where I'll be like, I don't care how grown you are. And that's just, that's because that's what was bred in me as a, as a child. My father taught me, hey, you will, you will, you will respect women. You will respect your sisters. You will respect your mother. Definitely. You know, and that's something I, I man, I tell my kids all the time. I don't care how you feel about your mama. It's still your mama. You know, as, as, as a, as a male parent, you have to stand up for for you know the, your wife or the mother of your children y'all got to be on the same page you know even if she gets on your nerves you got to be on the same page i mean this these these are just the small things i learned because because kids watch they see everything my mother told me man I, I was upset about my kids doing something the other day and i called my mom and you know because i feel like i don't care what nobody say my mother has the answers my father has the answers okay i learned i learned to parent from people who've already done it. I can't learn a parent from people who are doing it with me because we're all going through the same thing. The, new, the, the wrinkle you're about to see, I'm going to see. Now, I'm not saying I can't learn something from you. I'm just saying that I want to learn from those who've already seen it. You know, and I was like, Mom, you know what I mean? They are trying, they're doing the same thing these other kids do. She's like, son, you did the same things. You did things the kids did. And it made me, th it made me think for a minute, dang, she's right. As a parent, I'm, I was I was at that moment, I was so wrapped into getting you to do what I wanted you to do that I forgot that I made mistakes. I was I did stupid stuff that everybody else was doing because in my time, that was cool. You know. And the more I think about it, you know, the more I realize, man. I need I need to really step up my repertoire. I need to really add new stuff to my game. You know, what I mean, I you know, <laughs> Like I I need to add a jump shot. I need I need to add, you know, a, a new a new dribble. I need to add, you know, a fadeaway, you know, back to the bucket. Something I need I need to add a new wrinkle to parenting. Because my my thought patterns have made me a, a stereotypical type of parent. And those aren't the type of parents that I think my children need. But if you feel like your children need that, give them what they need. OK, give your children what they need. If your parenting style, barring on it being a toxic type of parenting style. Provides your children with the life, it your children with the life they need. You know, the, the support they need, the discipline they need, the education they need. You're doing an amazing job. OK, so all my parents out there do not get stressed out because your children will 
stress you out. I think the older my children become, the more I realize, man, y'all got so many parts of me. <laughs> like y'all just got so much of me that it's crazy. But you know what? I enjoy it. I wouldn't tra- I wouldn't trade the parenting factor for anything in the world. And I think that um, it's taken for me to change courses, you know, I mean, as far as employment, change courses and far, you know, as far as as far as time spent and, 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 and things that I do and how I do them to, to really realize that, man, my kids are bound to be just like me, but I don't want them to be just like me. I want them to be better. And every parent should do that. That's the one thing. That's the piece that I feel every parent should strive for. And I think every parent does strive for that really loves their children. I want you to be better than me, son or daughter. Every day you wake up, I want you to, to, you know, breathe excellence. I tell my children all the time, right before, right before they leave, I kiss them. I hug them, tell them I love them. And I say, Hey, let's go out here and let's be great. Let's be great. We're going to be great today. And they'll tell you, we're going to be great because that's what I expect of them. But that's just my parents. You know, now I like I have I, I have had my moments where <laughs> where I haven't been a good parent. Like I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm the fun parent, but at the same time I'm a disciplinarian as well. Hey, hey, son, you want to jump down the steps? Yeah, come on, jump down the steps. I catch you. You know that, that's <laughs> that's me. Hey, hey, let me help you. Hey, come on. Well, Dad, we shouldn't do this. We're gonna do it anyway. It's gonna be okay. You know. Then when they mom, hey, man, what what do you? Why you got my kids doing this? Well, look. You know. I, I, I <laughs> the, you know, the inaudible dad talk. I don't know. I don't know why I did it, but it's because I like having fun with them. But that's my parenting style. And I think that some people, um, some people really do overstep their boundaries. And, and like, like, like I'm, I'm, we've all heard the grandma, don't spank that baby. Don't hit that. Ba-. Okay. I get it. I, I, that's the grandparents. But like, where was grandma to save me from your belt? <laughs> like, like, like where was grandma to keep you from from breaking me off you know what i'm saying but then again at the same time like i said earlier i deserved it and i don't think my grandma would have saved me if i deserved it you know but that's just my you know my tidbit on parents and man i really enjoy it and i really want to take time to thank my parents i know they're listening <clears throat> mom and dad thank you guys very much for all that you've done all the sacrifices y'all made it was amazing and um you know i still depend on y'all to this day that's another thing you know, it'll never change and no matter how old they get, my mother says, no matter how old you get, I'm always your mama. And the funny thing is, I call my mother every day, whether it's to tell her I love her or just to bother. I call her, what you want? I love you. You know I love you, baby. Don't act like that. <laughs> but, hey, you know, thank you all very much for tuning in once again. This is Ivy Know the Best. I know normally we used to doing the sports talk and stuff like that. But, you know, I just wanted to kind of, you know, change the pace a little bit, talk about some things that was on my mind and uh, definitely get out you know, some of these, these, uh, good ideas. And before I go, I do also want to always, as always shout out all of my black businesses that are out there doing their thing right now. Okay. I know it's black history month. I know, you know, sometimes it gets watered down because we focus on, you know, on, on not only the history of where we came from, but we kind of, we kind of stray away from where we are right now. And I think that that's something that we need to we need to take time to stop doing. We need to start focusing on where we at today. Um, you know what I mean? I want to shout out to my sister, Diamond Ivy. She just, you know, started her health and wellness company. All right. Um, and, you know, it's IV Wellness. That's the letter IV Wellness 4. That's on uh, Instagram. Definitely go visit that. Go check that out, man. It's it's legitimately 
a really good program. And uh, I'm trying to bring her on the show and uh, kind of give her an opportunity to explain to y'all what it is she does. So um, that's amazing. Also, I want to sit back and, and as always, like I said, can't stop my grind. That's that's always a, a thing. And so is, you know, <clears throat> pardon me. So is um, on enterprises, you know, and those definitely, definitely, definitely businesses you should go ahead and check out as always. And um, thank y'all very much for once again tuning in, man, giving me y'all time. And God bless y'all. Y'all have a nice day.